0: Hey, Regs. I just wanted to let y'all know that this episode's a little all over the place. I mean, you can kind of hear it in my voice right now. I'm s- recovering from being sick. Uh, I'm not doing my best, uh, and the audio kind of kept fluctuating in volume, so I'm really sorry about that. Um, I'll streamline it by Friday whenever I'm bringing you my reviews, but I just wanted to let y'all know uh, that this episode is kind of everywhere, so I apologize for that. Uh we're, we're, we're getting back into the swing of things, but I hope that y'all enjoy it, and I hope y'all are excited for Kenobi. Let's go. A desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Oh. Much to learn, you still have. Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'd just like to start this up by apologizing for how kind of chaotic the podcast has been recently, especially if you're a new listener. Uh, I know that I haven't quite had everything together, but uh, last week I was on a uh, summer conference retreat with uh, student ministry that I'm a part of at my college, and then right after coming back, I had some sort of Virus Uh, and I've been down for the count for the last couple days. You could probably hear that I'm still a little stuffed up in the nose, but I really wanted to get y'all this episode as soon as possible, especially before Kenobi comes out. Um, Because if you've seen the title, you know that this is my Kenobi prep episode. But I just wanted to open by saying very sorry because I know that it's been very inconsistent. I was really late getting the YouTube video out for last week's ability to speak. Um, Didn't do an episode last this past monday which is very unusual for me i think that that might be the first weekly episode that i missed day of um since i started so which was over a year ago so big apologies but i'm getting it out now and i know it's late but i pushed it back to today because i wanted to be able to do it with 100 percent capacity i'm still at about 80 but that's okay we're gonna get it done And I'm super excited for Kenobi and getting to discuss it with y'all. So here's what you need to know before watching Kenobi. Let's dive into visions. To continue, we need one singular vision. My vision. Alrighty, so basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off with just a very streamlined and basic timeline of Kenobi as he exists within the canonical timeline. I'm not really going to go into too much about what he does in various shows and stuff. I'm going to stick mainly to the movies. um, And I might sprinkle in some details here and there. But that being said, I did a full profile of Obi-Wan back in episode 55 of this podcast. So I did, I think it was my first or second character profile. Second, I think. Um, So if you want a more in-depth look at Kenobi as a character, then go back and listen to that. I would highly recommend that. But if not... His basic timeline is as follows: Obi Wan Kenobi was apprenticed to Jedi Master Qui Gon Jinn sometime before the events of the Phantom Menace, which is chronologically the first Star Wars movie. Qui Gon was then killed during an altercation with Darth. Va- uh sorry, not Darth Vader, Darth Maul, on Naboo, um, and Maul was defeated by Kenobi. Notice I didn't say killed, but he was in fact defeated. And then Obi-Wan took on Anakin Skywalker as his apprentice to accommodate the dying wish of Qui-Gon despite the Jedi Council's trepidations about Skywalker as a potential pupil because they figured he was too old, he had too many connections to the outside world including his mother, but Obi-Wan resolved to train him anyways and the Council obliged and... Then, there are 10 years between The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, which we're actually getting a book which kind of fills in those... Well, actually, okay. Disclaimer. This book that we're getting in the future, near future it's called Brotherhood. It either takes place during that 10-year gap between The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, or it takes place during the early days of the Clone Wars. I think now that I'm saying it, it might take place during the early days of the Clone Wars, but either way, it kind of fills in a cool little early gap of Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship that we don't get to see in too many forms of media including the Clone Wars because that's a little more that's it's a little further down the line in their relationship but um, moving on to his timeline in Attack of the Clones he actually discovers uh, a secret clone army being developed on the backwater world of Kamino um, and he f- discovers this while investigating one of the assassins who is trying to kill Senator Padme Amidala um, named Jango Fett. And he actually tracks Jango to the desert planet of Geonosis where he is captured and imprisoned. He is then uh, put into an arena and forced to fight to the death with these giant creatures alongside Anakin and Padme who came to try to rescue him. And they're ultimately rescued by the clone army alongside a lot of Jedi who end up dying uh, to try to protect them and also assassinate Count Dooku or at least bring him to justice. Um, He, he, Obi-Wan, then goes on to battle Count Dooku alongside Anakin and lose, having to be rescued by Master Yoda and um after all these events of the first battle of genosis the genesis of the clone wars obi-wan then takes jedi master coleman trabor's spot on the jedi council after uh, master trabor was killed by jango fett and you actually see this in the movie he's the dinosaur looking jedi uh who jumps up onto the platform and has a clean cut at dooku and then gets shot down by jango um And uh, during the Clone Wars, Obi-Wan actually fights in a lot of campaigns uh, alongside Anakin, Ahsoka, and uh, the 212th Attack Battalion, all these different people. And if you want to learn more about that, then you can go back and listen to episode 55, that character profile that I was talking about. I'm not going to go into too much detail about him right now, but it's really, really awesome. And if you haven't watched the Clone Wars, I would highly recommend it. If uh, the length of the show is any issue for you, then I would uh, recommend going back and listening to episodes two and three of this podcast where I go through my roadmap through the Clone Wars, which helps to kind of streamline the episodes. Make, uh, make sure you only watch the most important ones, or at least the most enjoyable ones, in my opinion. But with that said... Um, At the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, we see Obi-Wan fighting once again alongside Anakin, his brother-in-arms, his former apprentice at this point. And uh, they are tasked with rescuing Chancellor Palpatine from the clutches of General Grievous after he has been kidnapped from Coruscant during the Battle of Coruscant at the latter end of the Clone Wars. And he and Anakin are successful after an altercation with Count Dooku where Anakin actually ends up killing Dooku. Um, and, uh, he, after all that, goes to Utapau to confront General Grievous, um, because all of the Separatist leaders have, uh, congregated on Utapau, and Grievous is really the last major military leader of the Confederacy of Independent Systems Army, which is the long way of saying the Separatist Alliance, the bad guys, uh, quote-unquote, in the Clone Wars. And... Um, Kenobi, who kind of has the most history with Grievous is tasked with going after him. And he ultimately wins, um, after saying his famous line, hello there. Um, he is able to defeat Grievous by shooting him in his exposed organs with Grievous's own blaster, which is so uncivilized. Um, very shortly after that, he is, shot down by his own troops uh, while they're executing Order 66, but he does not die. He is presumed dead after falling a great height. Um, But obviously he survives. And he is reunited with uh, Yoda with the help of Senator Bail Organa. And um, he ends up going to Mustafar to confront Anakin, who is now Darth Vader. And they end up having a very long An emotional lightsaber duel, which ends in him chopping off Anakin's limbs and leaving him on a lava bank to die because he can't bring himself to actually deliver the killing blow himself, which allows Anakin to live and survive and become the Darth Vader that we all know and despise. And then after all that happens, uh, Padme gives birth to twins and dies because of her sadness uh for the loss of anakin to the dark side but she tells obi-wan as her dying breath she knows that there is still good in him before she passes away and um obi-wan is then tasked with two things he is tasked with finding uh no not finding he is tasked with taking luke who is one of the twins that padme birthed um to tatooine to live with his family uh, who are Owen and uh, Beru Lars. They are Anakin's uh, step-brother and step-sister-in-law. And essentially, he is tasked with bringing Luke there and keeping watch over him, which is what we're going to be seeing in the Kenobi show. And then he is also tasked with special training, which will be communed to him via the Force by none other than Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, who has discovered the secret to immortality but wasn't able to complete his training because of his untimely death. But Yoda tells him that he has been communing with him and therefore uh, he will also begin to train Obi-Wan. So very interesting little tidbit. And as far as the canonical timeline goes, that is about the end of uh, where we really need to be oriented going into... Kenobi, so Kenobi takes place between any other canonical information about Obi-Wan that I can think of in any visual media, meaning TV shows or movies, um, and the end of Revenge of the Sith. So I would just like to say that this period that I'm stopping in right now to discuss this is where the Kenobi show is taking place. But I'm going to just briefly go through everything that happens afterwards, so this next bit is going to be a spoiler For Rebels, so if you don't want to listen, then close your ears for like 10 seconds. Obi Wan has an altercation with Maul on Tatooine and kills him. Anyways, that's it. And I'm just going to pause for a little bit for people that haven't watched Rebels. Um, But, anyways, uh, moving forward after that are just the events of A New Hope, which is basically when Obi Wan answers the call to action from Princess Leia to aid. The rebel cause right before the Battle of Yavin and sacrifices himself to save Luke and his friends and ultimately passes into the force after Vader strikes him down um, on the Death Star. And then moving forward, he just continues to provide wisdom as a force ghost. Um, And that's really about it as far as Obi-Wan's story goes. I'm sure I left a couple things out, but I think as far as the bare bones go... You kind of get the gist. I think most people know it would be one story at this point, but I felt it appropriate to go through it uh, right before the show. As far as what to expect from the show itself, I really don't have too many thoughts because I really want to experience this show with y'all. I haven't uh, been reading too many articles about theories. I really want to be surprised. I want to go into this very fresh, and uh, I'm really really excited about the show. But I I have a couple just kind of general points. Uh, obviously, we, we're we going to get to see Obi-Wan's time between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, which is very, very exciting. And just to give you all a little bit of orientation timeline-wise, uh, this is going to take place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, which is nine years before A New Hope. So a very natural middle point between the two movies, which is a very, really interesting time period because we kind of get to see the Empire being established. Um, it's still in its earlier days. But uh, it's not quite as early as, say, the Bad Batch, which was like literally the genesis. I think I've already said that, but like literally the very, very beginning. Whereas uh, within the confines of this show, we're going to get to see it as a little bit more of a, um, a little more, a little bit more of a legitimate presence within the galaxy, which should be a really interesting perspective. Um, we'll get to see hopefully Obi-Wan grappling with something like survivor's guilt as well as the shame of Anakin's fall because especially in the Legends book Kenobi, I, um, I know that he really, he blamed himself for a lot of the stuff that was happening in the galaxy because A, he wasn't strong enough to kill Anakin. B, he wasn't strong enough to keep Anakin from turning to the dark side or wasn't able to see the signs that Anakin was so close to turning to the dark side. He wasn't able to do X, Y, and Z to save everything. He put all of that responsibility on himself. And I think that that would be a really interesting thing to see within the show. Um, I think that we'll also likely see a confrontation between Vader and Kenobi, whether that's in a dream or in real life. I think that the dialogue that Vader has in... Um, episode four really leaves a lot open to interpretation where he doesn't actually say the last time that he and Kenobi met. He kind of trails off each time he begins to talk about it. Um, So I think that as long as it doesn't in any way detract from the emotional elements that we see in episode four, then I'm all for something like that. I think that that would be really, really awesome. And then Lastly, I've kind of already spoken to this, but we get to see the Inquisitors and Empire operate when they have more solidified power within the galaxy. Kind of like that time between Rebels and Bad Batch when they're first starting or when they're... They've, it's pretty much like they've always been there. Um, which I think establishing and developing Imperial rule is a really interesting thing that a lot of Star Wars hasn't done too much with, um, And I think that that's a really, really interesting thing to flesh out. And I'm really looking forward to see what they do with that in this show. So the last thing I'm going to go through um, are just some characters that I think would be important to know uh, within the confines of the Kenobi show. And um, I've kind of broken them into different categories. So this first chunk that I'm going to do are people that I know for sure are going to be in this show based on promotional material, or uh, interviews that have been done or anything like that. So the first two, which I have separately, but I think I can talk about together, are Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader. So Anakin was Obi-Wan's Padawan, turned best friend during the prequel era, fell to the dark side due to Palpatine's manipulation and became Darth Vader. Um, And now Darth Vader is obviously the main antagonist of the original trilogy, And I don't think I need to say too much about uh, either of them because I think they're pretty well-understood characters within the Star Wars mythos. But uh, an important thing to note about Vader is that he really only has two main motivations, and that is to, A, bring Padme back to life, which you get a lot of lore about in comics and stuff like that, Um, and also to kill Kenobi, most specifically, but also just Jedi in general, uh, he really wants to kill Jedi because he blames them for uh, his downfall as well as Padme's death. Because if he had, had been, or if he had been afforded the resources necessary to know how to save her life, then maybe he would have been able to. But he does, in fact, blame the Jedi for that. Next up, we have Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. We meet them for the first time uh, in Attack of the Clones. They are uh, the stepbrother and stepsister-in-law to Anakin after uh, Owen's father married Anakin's mother and they are moisture farmers on the planet of Tatooine they are uh, Luke's guardians and they are who Obi-Wan takes Luke to after Revenge of the Sith and they are acting as like I said Luke's parents essentially in this movie Luke's about 10 years old uh, and I might as well lump Luke into this too because I don't think Luke's gonna have too much to do but he's going to be a little boy and uh, Owen in particular is extremely extremely protective of Luke um, basically seeing Ben or obi-wan obi-wan is likely going to be going as Ben Kenobi um, which interesting little tidbit um, actually I'll save that I'll save that for a more never mind I'll save that for a more stay tuned if you want to know that tidbit um, but Uncle Owen essentially sees Ben slash Obi-Wan as a threat to Luke and thinks that uh, Obi-Wan should stay as far away from him as possible, which should be an interesting point of contention within this show. Uh, Luke Skywalker is, like I said, he's going to be 10 years old. I don't think he's going to play a super huge role narratively other than like motivation for Obi-Wan. And then the Inquisitors. I did a whole episode about the Inquisitors back in episode I think it was 78 of this podcast. And what they essentially were were they were agents of the dark side who worked under Vader to hunt and kill Jedi who survived Order 66. And we got a lot of lore about them in things like Jedi Fallen Order and Star Wars Rebels. They're very, very interesting. And I'm really excited to get to see them in, um, in live action. I think that that's going to be a really, really cool thing. Uh, and I just checked. It is, in fact, episode 78. So if you want to learn more about the Inquisitors, go ahead and look at that. But if you want to know the Inquisitors that I know for sure are going to be in the show, one, the Grand Inquisitor, who's kind of the head haunt show. He's a Powan who has like a pale face, um, kind of a round, bald head. Super cool. The fifth brother, who's an unknown species, very brutish, very brutal. The third sister, whose name is Reva who seems to be kind of the crux main character type um, individual of the Inquisitors. Should be interesting. I don't know too much about her. And then the fourth sister, who we've kind of seen the least of, uh, of the ones that we've seen. They're also going to be accompanied by Purge Troopers, who are specialized troopers uh, made, trained specially for hunting Jedi. Really interesting. We saw some of them in Jedi Fallen Order. Should be really, really cool to see them fleshed out a little bit more. Um uh, that's about all that I have for the people that I know for sure are going to be in this show. Moving on to speculation. I think that it would be super, super interesting to see Commander Cody as an imperial officer helping to hunt down Kenobi. I think that that would add another layer of tension to the short uh, story, which I think would be super cool to see. Duchess Satine Kreese is not someone who I think we're going to actually physically see, but I think we might hear of her and for those of you who haven't watched the clone wars Satine was someone who kenobi was romantically involved with and they uh kind of had a little thing going whenever he was still a padawan Uh, he and qui-gon were protecting her from mandalorian terrorists and then during the clone wars he protects her once again from mandalorian terrorists she actually spoiler alert dies in his arms which is super traumatic super super sad scene and um And uh, it's a large source of trauma for for Kenobi. And so uh, I think that it would be really interesting to see if they played off of that at all. Um, Qui-Gon Jinn, I think, could come back as a Force ghost and commune with Obi-Wan. I think that it would be fantastic if Liam Neeson came back and played him. Fingers crossed. I think it would be really, really awesome. Uh, Bounty Hunters. We see someone who resembles Forlom in the trailers, who was a, uh, a protocol droid who went rogue, overrode his programming, and became a bounty hunter, who's often found with a bounty hunter named Zuckus, who is a Gand. Uh, bounty hunter used to be a, uh, sort of wayfinder for his people before their religion kind of died out, um... Other people that I think we could see, people seem to think that they see someone like Cad Bane uh, silhouetted in one of the trailers. I think that that would be incredible to see that happen, but I don't think it's super likely. I think that they're probably going to stick with more original trilogy-style bounty hunters sort of like Black Crescenton, IG-88, Dengar, and Bossk, maybe even Boba Fett. But biggest thing is I hope that they don't... Um, focus too much on the bounty hunters. I think it would be really cool to just have a lot of small cameos with not too much dialogue because I don't want to pull focus away from Kenobi. That's the biggest thing with the show is I don't want to pull focus away from Kenobi. But with all that said, uh, I think that we could also see Bale and Leia Organa. I think that that would be super interesting to see their perspective on everything that's going on, especially since Bale is one of the few people that knows for certain that Obi-Wan is still alive. Uh, and I know that there were rumors that Leia is going to be uh, held hostage by the Inquisitors to kind of leverage Kenobi. Could be an interesting thing. I don't know how much weight that holds, but I felt it uh, worth mentioning. And I'm just going to speedrun a couple people that I think would be interesting if they showed up, but I don't think it's super likely. Um, Cal Kestis, the protagonist from Jedi Fallen Order, uh, Padawan who survived Order 66, could be interesting. Do I think it's likely? No. Do I really want it to happen? No, because I think that would, once again, pull focus from Kenobi. Ahsoka Tano. Same thing. Love her as a character, but she's getting her own show. I don't think we need to see her in this show. Bo-Katan Kryze, Don't really see how that would happen. Uh, she is Satine's sister. We get to see her a little bit in um, Mando Season 2. Could be interesting. Don't think it's going to happen. Once again, would pull focus from Kenobi. Corky Kreeze, supposedly Satine's nephew. There are a lot of theories going around saying that he is actually Kenobi's son with Satine, which would be wild. Um, Because, I mean, if you look at the way that he's animated in The Clone Wars, he looks very, very similar to Kenobi. He's one of the only characters on Mandalore with red instead of blonde hair, which is big, I don't know. Could be an interesting thing. But once again, if we're only getting six episodes for this show, so I think that something as big as Kenobi having a biological son would be really huge. They would need really long episodes to flesh all that out. But, um, Hey, I think having Corky Kree's show up in some Mandalorian armor would be sick, but that is kind of beside the point. Uh, lastly is Darth Maul. I don't think Darth Maul is going to show up in this. Um, It would be interesting to maybe see him hunting Kenobi, maybe have him as kind of a side character, but I don't think he's going to be super prominent. Uh, I think that the main focus, the main tension should be between Vader and Kenobi. I don't think that Maul has too much of a place in this narrative. Um, But that's about all that I have. I know that I, this was both very fast and very slow. My brain is still kind of coming back to me. I've been very out of it recently. So I'm sorry if I kind of slurred in some places Or was just kind of slow. Um, But with that said, this wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave you with just a little bit more. So the more that I hinted at uh, earlier in this episode is that the reason that Obi-Wan goes by Ben is because that is kind of a little pet name or nickname that uh, Satine used to call him. So... That was like, and this is—I don't know if this is canon. This might be from the Legends Kenobi book, which is fantastic, and I would highly recommend you read because it's a really personal and cool story about his struggles after Order sixty-six. But, um, but yeah, that—that that is a little. It's kind of like him calling or her calling him honey or uh, babe or something like that. That—that uh, that, she called him Ben, and that's why he goes by uh, Ben as his alias in um in in the latter days following kind of when he's trying to live undercover but I just thought that was an interesting thing but once again sorry that the podcast has been kind of everywhere recently I'm going to get her back on track starting this Friday we're going to have two episodes coming out for episode 1 and 2 I'm super super excited it's going to be very tiring but I'm pumped uh Stay tuned. We're getting two episodes, guys. I don't think y'all understand how excited I am. We're getting two Kenobi episodes in one day, and then we're getting another one next Wednesday. So it's going to be really, really fast, quick turnarounds, but it's going to be awesome, and I can't wait to experience it with y'all. With that said, this episode's gone on long enough, and I'm sorry that y'all had to listen to my nasally voice for this long. So that said, you're taking your first steps into a larger world. May the Force be with you, and I'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.